The implicit goal of decentralized finance is to replace the existing financial system with trustless peer-to-peer -peer protocols. So far, we've seen decentralized exchanges, decentralized lending and borrowing, and even decentralized insurance. What's been missing, however, is a decentralized central bank, which issues a decentralized currency. This is basically what Olympus DAO is hoping to become. Today, I'm going to tell you where this controversial DeFi protocol came from, explain how it works, and see whether this project is just a Ponzi or if it has serious potential. Before we make that money print, I need to give you a hint. Nothing in this video is financial advice, even when you squint. Education and entertainment are the only things I mint. Please contact a financial advisor if your portfolio is in a splint. If this is the first time we meet, my name is Guy and crypto is what I speak. This channel is packed with the kind of crypto content that appeals to jocks and geeks. Coins, tokens, news, reviews and other topics that will improve your crypto technique. If this is what you seek, subscribe to the channel and ping that notification bell to become a crypto freak. If you don't have time to stick around until the end, you can always use the timestamps below to skip ahead. Just know that leaving early is for no coiner plebs. Now that I've got that message in your head, let's see what Olympus DAO is about and whether it will end up in the green or in the red. Olympus DAO was founded by a pseudonymous individual who goes by the name Zeus. Unlike most other pseudonymous individuals in cryptocurrency, Zeus has done many interviews and has appeared on many DeFi panel discussions. Despite his frequent appearances, not much is known about Zeus except that he has a background in economics and game theory. There are also rumors that he's much younger than he lets on, but this might just be an inside joke in the Olympus DAO community. In a recent interview, Zeus explained that he got into crypto at the beginning of 2018, which was the top of the previous bull market. After getting wrecked, Zeus turned his focus away from crypto until the summer of 2020, when decentralized finance started to take off. The DeFi project that caused Zeus to dive back into crypto was Ampleforth, an algorithmic stablecoin that automatically adjusts its supply based on demand. More about Ampleforth in the description. Now this made Zeus wonder whether it was possible to create a decentralized currency that people would spend rather than a decentralized money that people would save. This is a small but significant detail. According to Zeus, most cryptocurrencies are not currencies. Cryptos like BTC, ETH, LTC and others are more like money, which is economically defined as an asset that serves as a store of value like gold. On the other hand, cryptos like stablecoins are currencies because they are used as a medium of exchange rather than as a store of value. The only problem is that most stablecoins are centralized and almost all of them are pegged to the US dollar, which is technically losing value by the day due to inflation. In Zeus's mind, the only solution was to create an entirely new kind of stablecoin. In December 2020, Zeus combined what he believed to be the best elements of existing DeFi protocols algorithmic stablecoins and decentralized stablecoins to create the first decentralized reserve currency called OM. Olympus DAO is the protocol that issues this decentralized reserve currency and it was first revealed via Medium in February 2021. 
Olympus DAO launched in March 2021, and it has since become the most forked DeFi protocol after Uniswap. So, how the hell does it work? As I mentioned in the introduction, Olympus DAO is basically a decentralized central bank. For those unfamiliar, central banks issue fiat currencies like the US dollar, euros, British pounds, and so on. Once upon a time, fiat currencies were backed by gold. Each physical coin and paper note in circulation could be redeemed for an equivalent amount of gold that was kept at the central bank. When someone deposited, say, $100 of gold at the central bank, they would be given a $100 note in return. It's a bit more complicated than that, but let's roll with it for the sake of simplicity. Physical coins and notes therefore effectively functioned as receipts that could be easily exchanged for goods and services. In this context, gold was the money and coins and notes were the currency. Olympus DAO works in much the same way. One difference is that its own currency is backed by a basket of cryptocurrencies kept in the protocol's digital treasury rather than gold in a physical vault. Another difference is that Olympus DAO is autonomous, meaning it automatically issues OM based on the value of the cryptocurrency in its treasury. It's also supposed to redeem OM. More on that later. Now, here's where things get a little complicated, so bear with me. Even though OM is not pegged to any fiat currency like other stablecoins, Olympus DAO is designed to mint OM when the value of the cryptocurrency in its treasury backing the OM in circulation exceeds one DAI per OM. DAI is a decentralized stablecoin pegged to the US dollar, for anyone wondering. So, for example, if there's 10 million OM in circulation and $100 million of cryptocurrency in the Olympus DAO treasury, this means each OM is backed by $10 of cryptocurrency, and that's way more than the $1 per one OM backing. To fix this, Olympus DAO will mint an additional 90 million OM to bring back the one-to-one -one balance. As basic economics dictates, a massive increase in supply will lead to a drop in price, assuming demand stays the same or declines. Here's the controversial catch, however. Most of the OM minted by Olympus DAO is directed to anyone staking OM, and this results in an insanely high APY for OM staking. In the first few months of the protocol's existence, the APY for staking OM was in the tens of thousands of percent per year. This meant you could double your money in days by staking OM. This created a sort of feedback loop wherein people were buying OM to stake OM to earn this high interest rate. With most of OM's supply locked up in staking, this caused the price of OM to rise rather than fall, even with all the insane OM printing resulting in even more lucrative staking rewards. This money machine mechanism is what motivated 70 forks of Olympus DAO to emerge in a matter of weeks, each offering an even more insane APY than the last, the most famous of which is probably Wonderland on Avalanche. Today, OM staking rewards on Olympus DAO are a modest 800% per year, and there's around $500 million of cryptocurrency backing the OM in circulation, mostly stablecoins. Now this begs the question of where all the cryptocurrency in that treasury came from in the first place, and the answer is a combination of bonding, yield farming, protocol liquidity, and Olympus Pro. Besides staking, Olympus DAO has a second, quote, value accrual strategy called bonding. Now bonding is meant to be analogous to the issuance of bonds by governments. 
Bonds can be summarized as, give me money today and I'll pay you back with interest at a later date. On Olympus DAO, bonding involves depositing specific cryptocurrency tokens into the Olympus DAO treasury in exchange for discounted OM in a few days' time, which is essentially the same thing as being paid back with interest. Assuming the price of OM stays the same or goes up, bonders stand to make a massive profit when they redeem their bond and sell their discounted OM. Rather than let bonded tokens sit idly in its treasury like other DeFi protocols, Olympus DAO automatically lends a substantial chunk of treasury assets to protocols like Aave to earn yield. Now here's where things get super interesting, so listen closely. In addition to the expected cryptocurrency tokens like DAI, Olympus DAO also allows bonders to deposit LP tokens for discounted OM, and often at a much bigger discount. For those unfamiliar, LP tokens are a sort of receipt for any cryptocurrency you provided to a decentralized exchange as liquidity, and they're used to redeem this liquidity. If you're wondering why anyone would provide liquidity to a DEX, it's because depositing liquidity on a DEX gives you a cut of the trading fees for the trading pair you're providing liquidity for. LP tokens represent a person's share of a pair of tokens in a trading pool, and Olympus DAO incentivized bonders to deposit LP tokens related to trading pools paired with OM. This made it possible for Olympus DAO to own its liquidity. Put differently, this made it possible for the Olympus DAO protocol to earn all the trading fees on all the OM trading pairs on decentralized exchanges. This means Olympus DAO is autonomously making money and lots of it. If that sounds impressive, that's because it is. The concept of protocol-owned liquidity introduced by Olympus DAO has been seen as revolutionary by many in the DeFi community, and it's become one of the cornerstones of DeFi 2.0. This is because one of the biggest issues in DeFi is all the DGENs who move their money from protocol to protocol and from chain to chain looking for yield and gains. This often causes quality DeFi protocols to suffer and sometimes even die. Not only that, but the constant forking of popular DeFi protocols like Uniswap means that their liquidity is constantly under threat by copycats, hence why Uniswap v3's code came with a business license that makes it illegal for anyone to copy it without permission from the Uniswap community. Meanwhile, Olympus DAO's protocol-owned liquidity makes it possible to protect liquidity from competitors and copycats without having to invoke any real-world laws or regulations. Olympus DAO decided to scale up this feature by introducing a platform called Olympus Pro last September. As you might have guessed, Olympus Pro makes it possible for DeFi projects to own their liquidity too. Olympus Pro has actually been incredibly popular and, so far, it has onboarded dozens of well-known DeFi protocols on Ethereum, Avalanche, Phantom, and even Ethereum scaling solutions like Arbitrum. Bonding on Olympus Pro works the same way as it does on Olympus DAO. The only difference is that you get the token belonging to that DeFi protocol instead of OM at the end of the bond period. The incentive for Olympus DAO to provide this service is that it earns 3.3% of all bonds when they're paid out, a reference to the game theory decision matrix developed by Olympus DAO's founder that states rational OM holders will stake rather than sell. Now this brings me to the big question, and that is whether Olympus DAO is legit or if it's an elaborate Ponzi. Now believe it or not, but there's lots of evidence to support either conclusion. 
So let's start with the evidence that points to this project being legit. As I mentioned earlier, this Zeus fellow has been very active in the DeFi community. He's appeared on prolific podcasts like Bankless, and he hasn't shied away from difficult questions either. My impression is that Zeus is genuinely interested in reinventing the financial system, and he's explained on many occasions that the insane APY and price volatility of Ohm will decline over time. As for the team, Olympus Dow's documentation notes that the protocol was, quote, built by a distributed pseudo-anonymous team. Although a few of these team members have made themselves known, this setup isn't exactly ideal. What caught my eye about the team, however, is that Olympus DAO has the second highest number of developers of any DeFi protocol after MakerDAO. And you'll know this if you watch my video about Electric Coin Capital's crypto developer report. That's in the description if you haven't. This relates to something else that caught my eye, and that's that Olympus DAO supposedly raised a significant yet undisclosed amount of money from four crypto VCs in March last year. This is in addition to the 200,000 they raised from early community members earlier that month. In contrast to other private sales in crypto, Olympus DAO didn't actually allocate any OM to its VC investors. Instead, they were given another token called POM, which can be burned to mint an equivalent amount of OM when an equivalent number of DAI is deposited into the treasury. VC investors were given POM that's equivalent to just 3% of OM's future supply with a vesting schedule that depends on Ohm's supply growth. As far as I understand, Ohm allocated to early investors will only be fully claimable once Ohm reaches a supply of between 2 and 5 billion, and it's nowhere close. This elaborate incentive mechanism is surprisingly impressive as it's explicitly designed for aggressive long-term growth, and the fact that 88% of Ohm's future supply ends up in the hands of the community makes it one of the most equitable token distributions in recent memory. The only problem is that I wasn't able to figure out how much P-Ohm has been redeemed for Ohm, nor was I able to find any information about the wallets belonging to the team members, investors, or advisors. This is a bit surprising given that all wallet addresses holding Ohm are clearly labelled on Etherscan. Olympus DAO's documentation is also incredibly transparent, and its code is completely open source. On that note, Olympus DAO's code has been audited by well-known crypto auditing firms and its core smart contracts were even audited twice. If that wasn't enough, remember that Olympus DAO has worked closely with well-known DeFi protocols, including the likes of Aave. And you can learn more about Aave using the link in the description. Anyhow, when it comes to the evidence that Olympus DAO is a Ponzi, the Ohm token is front and center. For starters, Ohm currently has no utility. The only demand for Ohm is coming from those who want to stake Ohm for insanely high APY, and those who are providing liquidity for Ohm trading pairs, indexes, and bonding their LP tokens for discounted Ohm. No matter how you slice it, Ohm's price is being sustained by new people buying in, which is the dictionary definition of a Ponzi. To be fair though, this dynamic exists with most cryptocurrencies, including BTC, and that's something Zeus himself has pointed out on many occasions. The only reason why BTC or Ohm have any value at all is ultimately because people believe they have value. If everyone suddenly decided that the US dollar was worthless, it would go to zero. 
That said, there's much more to cryptocurrencies like BTC than speculation, and speculation is all Ohm has right now. Olympus DAO's endgame is for Ohm to become the decentralized currency of cryptocurrency, and this is arguably a very unrealistic goal that invokes lots of speculation. It's also hard to reconcile this goal with Ohm's rebasing mechanism, which is again driven by its relationship to DAI, a decentralized stablecoin pegged to the US dollar. In theory, Ohm is supposed to be backed by the assets in its treasury, but in practice, this doesn't seem to be the case. While doing research for Olympus DAO, I came across an interesting video about the project by another crypto YouTuber called Jesse Eckel. In it, he explained that he had asked the Olympus team what happens when the market cap of Ohm falls below the value of the assets in the treasury, and apparently the answer is nothing. The Olympus DAO protocol won't sell any assets from the treasury to buy back and burn Ohm to restore its price. The Olympus team explained to Jesse that a rational investor will instead see the price of Ohm trading below its fair value and buy it because that's the rational thing to do, thereby bringing its price up to its fair value, even though Ohm can't actually be redeemed for any of the assets backing it. This ties into the very game theory that Olympus DAO is based on, specifically the decision matrix that's become a meme in the Olympus DAO community. This decision matrix assumes that a rational actor will stake rather than sell their own. But cryptocurrency investors are not rational actors. They are emotional actors. This is common knowledge in the crypto industry, and it's something the Olympus team is certainly aware of as well. The biggest concern I could find with Olympus DAO relates to its treasury. If I understand correctly, there are seven individuals who have access to the treasury via the treasury contract multisig, and it only takes four of them to sign transactions out of it. If these signatories know each other, it's possible, if not likely, that the Olympus DAO treasury will eventually grow to such size that it will become very tempting for four of them to conspire and run away with all that crypto. This reminds me of that crazy couple who somehow ended up with billions of dollars of BTC from that Bitfinex hack, and you can find out what happened there by using the link in the description. So, is Olympus DAO legit, or is it a Ponzi? Now, this might be a horrible answer, but I think it depends on who you ask. To me, Olympus DAO looks like an amazing economic experiment and should be treated as such, i.e. with extreme caution. Olympus DAO is barely a year old, and it has yet to prove itself as a legitimate DeFi protocol. There are clearly lots of risks associated with using it, but these risks seem to be reducing by the day. Olympus DAO has achieved a lot in its first 11 months, and the novel features it has introduced have undeniably changed the DeFi industry forever. The best part is that Olympus DAO's developers have been building relentlessly, regardless of the price of Ohm, and the team hasn't disappointed with any funds either. From where I'm standing, it looks like most of the FUD around Olympus DAO has come from all the forks that have wreaked havoc across the DeFi ecosystem. There are, of course, many red flags to be found, but these could easily be a consequence of Olympus DAO's infancy, and many of them can and likely will be addressed via community governance in due course. Ohm may not become the currency of cryptocurrency, but I have no doubts that Olympus DAO is going to introduce more impressive tech, and when the time is right, I'll definitely be covering the project again. Now, folks, I want to hear from you. What do you think of Olympus DAO? Let me know by dropping a comment down below.
Be sure to smash that like button if you enjoyed the video and don't forget to subscribe to the channel and ping that notification bell before you go. If you're looking for more from the Coin Bureau, I have a second channel called Coin Bureau Clips and a recently released podcast with iHeartRadio. I'm also active on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram and push detailed daily crypto updates on Telegram. If you're wondering which cryptos I hold as part of my personal crypto portfolio, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter for that and other valuable info. And if you're in the market for some crypto swag, the Coin Bureau merch store is the place to spend your underperforming bags. You can find these and other resources using the link in the description. Thank you all so much for watching. I'll see you very soon. Till then, keep calm and hodl on. Thank you.